Hello and greetings to the Ajamali, aka Beit Ol Ajam, aka people who are fans of Ajam Media Collective. It's your host Kamyar here, without Rustin unfortunately. Got an interesting interview for you today, but first, just wanted to remind you, check out ajammc.com to learn more about this interview and all the other great content we've got. Hello, hello, Ajam fans, Ajam podcast listeners all over, Ajam Lar, whatever we want to call ourselves today. We are back with a very, very special interview today that, for reasons I will divulge, is uh, very dear to my heart. I have the one and only Murat Kedar here with me. And before I let him say anything, I do want to do a quick introduction. Murat is a guitarist, oud player, and composer uh, currently based in New York, who I think some of our listeners will definitely be familiar with. If you've ever been online trying to learn about, um, let's call it, greater Middle Eastern approaches to music or musicology, you've probably come across some of Murat's videos. That's at least how I first got to know him. And now the part where I have to... um, I guess divulge the conflict of interest. I did study Oud briefly under Murat, which um, hopefully won't get into too much today because I don't want you all to know if I'm a good student or not. That being said, um, with a very diverse range of interests and a very unique background, which we'll get into, Murat has released a fantastic album recently, and we should have had him on the show a while ago, but we're glad we have him now. The album is Ruya, and we'll be talking about it. Murat, thank you so much for coming on the Ajam podcast. How are you? Where are you? What's up? <laughs> I'm good. I'm in a town called Hudson, uh, two hours north of New York. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm just basically chilling. Yeah. I want to get straight into it, actually. And before we talk a little bit more about you and your background, I just want to start and ask you, just describe this album. What is Ruya? What did you do? tried to do and what really ended up coming together um with this project yeah so i mean it's my first album um i um i i've been playing guitar since i was 11 uh and oud since i was about 14 um so you know i've been, I've been playing really most of my life um i've studied a lot of different kinds of music and listened to a lot of different kinds of music um so you know classical guitar traditional music turkish music on oud um, like a whole range of other stuff that I listen to, you know, um, rock, various types of traditional music from around the world, uh, you know, Balkan music, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I've been like playing and listening to music a lot, basically most of my life. Like listening to music for me is kind of like a method of learning. That's like, um, I mean, I did take lessons, but I would say that listening in terms of like learning different styles has been the main, the main way that I've learned. It's kind of, you know, I was doing that for years and most of the playing that I do um, is basically like, like most of my playing was always improvising. Um, So, I mean, I would learn pieces, Mm -hmm. but that would just kind of increase my tech. Like I I would use that as a way to like increase my technique uh, or like get new ideas, but then I would always like improvise around that. Um, So that that was kind of like my my way of learning. Uh, And I I did do this, you know, for for a really long time, but I was never... um, it took a long time to kind of get it into album form, to to get or yeah, I'm re- I'm remembering the the process which we were chatting about while yeah. it was happening. The so the process, I mean, so basically, I mean, I was like, 
like I always improvised a lot. I always like picked up, I would just like pick up the guitar and start playing. And like, you know, my roommates in college and stuff were always like, why can't you ever play songs? <laughs> or at least like put it in a form <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's like my, my, if I don't do anything about it, my inclination is to just pick up and start improvising and then put it down when I'm, you know, when it's time to go to bed or something. But, um, yeah. so, I mean, it took a kind of long time f- from that to actually start putting these in composed form. Um, so I wouldn't say, I mean, composing, like when you say composing, it is composing because it's my own music on the album, but it sounds I, like, I, it's not like writing it out, like sitting down and writing it out. It's more just like, like improvising until I get it to a form that I like. So, I mean, I had all these musical ideas for a long time and I put stuff up on YouTube kind of home, home recording a long time ago, maybe like 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I mean, I, I had this long-term project of, you know, making an album that like looks like an album, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and like so, the end product really is. I mean, I forget how many tracks is eight, it. I believe eight. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, it's it's eight tracks of just these. Uh, again, not to bias our listeners, you all listen and you decide, but just these really kind of intense and mind blowing, like I, instrumental compositions, yeah. right? And it, it it's all yeah, guitar. It's all is guitar, that yeah. correct? And I think what's so interesting, kind of the way that you're discussing, you know, the sort of line between improvising and composition, that kind of brings me to sort of the feeling of the album, which is, it's very cliche, but I mean, we have to delve into it, kind of the mixing of different musical traditions Uh in the sense of, you know, you talk about sort of Turkish classical music, Turkish traditional music versus, you know, Western music, Western compositions. Obviously, in the former, improvisation is, you know, you could arguably say maybe more of kind of the formal tradition um, versus sort of formal um, Western music. But what's interesting is when you listen to the album, I'm kind of, I always feel like I'm getting a little bit of both, you know, it's, it's, it's so live and lively that you're like, okay, this is obviously very complex and was rehearsed, but it does feel like iterations and kind of riffing on ideas that sort of develop. And I think that's really cool. But I think the best way, to be honest, for anyone to get a sense is to just sort of hear it. So I think for a first track, um, I know it has more, it has some of the most plays on Spotify, but so I'm going to put it in a little bit early. I want to play for our listeners part of Sia. Thank you. 
All right, and we're back. Fantastic track, but Murat, I mean, anything you would love to share just to sort of get a sense of, of where this came from and, you know, sort of what it means to you? I think that's always really interesting to get into the artist's head a bit. Yeah, I mean, um, I composed it a couple years ago. Um, like, in terms of how... So so some of, the, some of the tracks on the album are kind of redone versions of things that I did in, like, a, you know, spurt of creativity about like eight years ago or something like that. Like uh, I was living in Philly at the time. So, uh, you know, before I moved mm -hmm. to New York. Um, and the other ones are ones that I did over the last five years while I was in New York. Um, so, I mean, the later ones, this is one of the later ones. Um, I kind of, I started becoming much more concise. Uh, you know, make, making it like three, four minutes with a, like a more straightforward melody, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, versus some of the 11 exactly. minute ones on here. <laughs> and I, I noticed, you know, based on Spotify plays, I have noticed that, you know, 10 minute songs get to not, they tend to be not listened to as much. So <laughs> that's a, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Does that kind of influence then what you think you'll end up composing in the I mean, future? I do think that. Because like, you know, you, you're making music, you're putting it out there, you, you want people to listen to it, right? So you know that mm -hmm. if, it's, if you have an idea that's like 10 minute long with like multiple sections, uh, people are probably going to listen to it more if you break it up into three songs, right? Um, and I mean, yeah. you know, people's, the standard expectation of a song is like three, four minutes. And that, I think that colors everything that, you know, people listen to. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Makes, um, you know, it, it kind of makes the, the 11 minute track. Although I think the 11 one, minute one there is, is after the rush. Yeah fantastic and i love to sit and make myself listen to it start to finish and not be distracted by my phone oh, or anything <laughs> but i must admit that is a challenge i mean right? 11 minutes is a long time right days. um yeah i mean yeah. a minute is a long time with with today's attention span but um but then so i mean again it's i always try to avoid cliches when we have people on but there, there's a good one here that i really can't get away from which is your background yeah. <laughs> i mean you put it in your bio as well yeah. online just tell us real quick, where did you grow up? How did you grow up? And, um, I mean, you know, so, so, this kind so of I mean, I grew up in Istanbul. Um, my dad is Turkish and my mom is American. Um, you know, my pet, like, it's, it's kind of like an improbable uh, upbringing. Like, my, basically, my mom met my dad when my dad was in America for grad school uh, and then ended up going back to Turkey with him. Um, <laughs> and so then, you know, I grew up in Turkey. So, I mean, I grew up speaking both languages. Um, Mm -hmm. I, so, I mean, I'm, you know, based on that, I'm like, I'm pretty bilingual, like much more than I would have been if I grew up in America, um, because, mm -hmm. uh, it would have been much harder to learn Turkish well if I was in America, but, but, but basically I was kind of, you know, speaking English with my mom, like mixing it up with my dad, Turkish with my brother, like Turkish with mm -hmm. everybody else. Um, so, I mean, it was a very, it was kind of like a you know, set up for identity conflict in a way. <laughs> oh, of course. But then what's interesting is I think, I mean, again, to generalize very much, and we can say this kind of across the region, you know, some of this more traditional music, it's not very cool for a young person. No, no, it's right? not. Um, to be like 15 right. and like trying, you know, shredding on the oud is no, definitely no, it's not, not as cool, cool as playing no. like the guitar. Uh, I mean, especially if you're like in a westernized background because it, it tends to be like looked down upon or was back then. I don't know if it's still like that. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it was, it was a way of me kind of, uh, you know, when I was a teenager, either kind of rebelling against that or like not feeling Turkish enough. Um, so like, mm. oh, I should learn like the old folk music. Um, you know, and like, I, I listened to it 
so I would like seek out like you know buying cassettes or like like later when you know uh, when the CD like I'm forgetting the name of this thing that like what they would sell MP3 CDs on the street mm-hmm. um, VCD maybe but anyway um, so yeah like I would really seek out kind of old traditional music um, and I would I would then like like listen to it and imitate it basically. Um, and, you know, both on the oud and on the guitar. And I think through doing that, I kind of developed a lot of techniques on the guitar that are, like, able to imitate sounds of traditional music. Uh, like, both folk music from Turkey, but, you know, um, like, at the time, like, when I was, you know, this is, yeah, like, when I was 14, 15 or something, like, I was listening to all this stuff, like, you know, like, old Ashik Vesad tapes um, and things like that. But I was also, um, you know, I was also listening to things like the Beatles or Pink Floyd. Um, and classical music and, you know, like Turkish pop that was around, um, you know, especially like when I was a kid. So it kind of like, um, and, and I mean, I, I early on kind of built up this habit of like, if I, if I heard a music, if I heard some music on the street or somewhere and I couldn't, I couldn't piece it together in my head, it would like kind of annoy me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like if I couldn't play the melody back on the guitar, like, like it would like, I would, I would interpret it like a personal challenge, you know? So oh my gosh! Ob- obsessive musicians, take note that you can channel this energy. In a <laughs> yeah, <positive> exactly. Way. <laughs> so I would. Um, so I think, like doing that, I kind of developed this uh, this ability to like imitate styles and playback melodies. Um, and then, like as I improvised a lot, uh, it would it all kind of melded together. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so yeah, like I don't cool. now like I don't try to mix things. I hear like in my own music when I listen to it, I can hear kind of different elements and like pinpoint where they're coming from. Um, but I can't, I I don't like sit down and think, you know, let me like mix these two different things. Yeah. And I think this is now where I can bring in my personal experience, you know, studying Oud with you. Some of, I think the most revealing sessions we've had is when we're working on kind of recreating someone's style, whether it was like listening to some old, like Udi Hrant or something and just picking it apart piece by piece. I mean, obviously it was very challenging for me, but sort of seeing you do it and then feeling it kind of seep into my playing it was sort of interesting to think how like you there's so many components when it comes to digesting someone's style. Yeah. Um, it's not just obviously the notes, but it's sort of how they play it, you know, what they don't play, things like that. So I think that I can sort of tell that you you take that very seriously because when I was listening to the album again to prepare for the interview today, I realized that even though I knew it was guitar, at certain moments I was like, is this another instrument or is there something else in the background here? So that's why I definitely have to double check with you that it's all guitar. On it, the it's album, all guitar right? and there's no, there's no multi-tracking, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think you'd also mentioned also makes it a bit hard to play and quickly just like pick up the guitar and perform <laughs> Indeed, these pieces. Yeah, so right? I don't, I mean, I, uh, I've never been a musician that performs a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, partially just because I like, like improvising and that's, like nobody wants to like hear a guitarist improvise for 40 minutes, you know, by themselves. Um, especially like at a bar or something, you know, when people go out. So like the, the kind of music I play is not that conducive to performing. Uh, and then like the kind of performing you do is like, everybody has to sit and listen to you play for like that. Mm -hmm. That would be appropriate, but that's not, you know, that's kind of nerve wracking also (laughs) in a way. Um, yeah, totally makes sense. And what's interesting is that there's sort of this other side to you as a musician, which is how I kind of got to know you at first, which is kind of as like a pedagogue, right? Like you teach yeah. a little bit like, well, you you teach lessons online, which we'll get to, but you were making, and I think you still occasionally do, right? Song lessons, theory lessons. 
Tell yeah, us I mean, actually, um, teaching has been my main. Uh, I mean, not even main. It's been like my my source of income um, for a lot of years. Uh, actually, I majored in math in college. I wasn't the music major. Um, so right now, most of my teaching online is math. Um, mm-hmm. You know, math teaching now is online by necessity. So <laughs> I don't want to say the pandemic helped my business, but yeah. Um, you're kind of the only game I'm kind of the only game in town, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I've been... Uh, I mean, I've been away from New York for like a, about a year now, but um, when I was in New York, like about, it, my, my teaching was divided between math and music. Um, mm-hmm. And actually music was mostly oud, just because I think there's, you know, there's a lot of guitar teachers in New York. So, <laughs> so supply. Is kind of, <laughs> yeah, and not as right, many oud yeah, teachers. So supply and demand. Um, but, but yeah, so I've been, I mean, I've been teaching for a very long time and teaching actually helps me uh, think, I mean, I like teaching. Um, I'm fortunate that way because some musicians don't like it. Like they, they don't have the patience. But I feel like, you know, your online lessons, what's interesting is they sort of tap into this kind of, I don't know if it's global, but really you read the comments. There's a lot of people curious in how to kind of make sense of Turkish music, Balkan music, maybe greater sort of like Southwest Asian music with the instruments they have. You know, I think some of your your lessons that I recall are like how to play certain modes on the guitar, for example. And there's all these people in the comments like, oh, this is so helpful. I had no idea, which to me is just surprising that people are interested. Yeah. I mean, the internet is, um, so I mean, like, at, like, you know, I talked about like my early teenage years, um, you know, when I would like seek out all these cassettes and stuff, but like later on, um, you know, I was, I, I moved to America, like I finished high school in, in Binghamton, New York, um, where my, you know, my, what a sh- what a change! Yeah, what a change! <laughs> Istanbul, the big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, that was only two years, so it wasn't a huge, you know, uh, it was a kind of temporary thing. But um, so, I mean, like after, like you know, after the internet became uh, sufficiently fast, I guess you would say, um, and you know, no. there were Kazaa and stuff. That, that there was that era of the internet with like all those programs. Um, you know, oh, of course, the wild, the, the wild west, west where you like you try to get music, but you end up with like ten viruses in one song. <laughs> um, so, so like I, I went through a period then when I would just kind of s- seek out like all different types of music, um, like including like traditional music from parts of the world that I don't have any connection to. You know, like Latin America, India, um, mm. whatever, and also tried to like imitate, like understand what the scales and the rhythms are and stuff there, um, and. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, since I was doing it, I would assume that there's, there was a lot of people doing that, right? Just people who, you know, wanted to kind of diversify what music they're interested in. And then, like, later YouTube came, you know, YouTube and Spotify came. Um, so that became, you know, even easier. Um, and really, I mean, guitar is very conducive to doing that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the disadvantage of guitar is that you can't do microtones. Um, for And for our, our general audience listeners, can you yeah, describe what that is? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, a, a microtone is a note that, like, if you have any familiarity with Western instruments, like a piano, you know, the piano has the two keys. That, like, imagine, like, two mm-hmm. keys, a white key and a black key next to each other on a piano. Um, the microtone would be the note that falls between those two keys, right? So, Western music uses uh, basically 12 notes. Um, and other musical traditions, a lot of musical traditions also use 12 notes. Um, or, you know, 12 mm-hmm. notes divided slightly differently, but Middle Eastern music uses a lot of smaller divisions, basically. So it uses notes that would fall between those keys. 
which you can't really play on a lot which of you basically can't. instruments, guitars, pianos. Exactly. You, you can't play it on a guitar or a piano. I mean, you can play it on a violin or stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you can't play it on a guitar. Um, now, the... The the thing is like and I mean this you know if you, if you see some some of my instructional videos um, some of the ways you can kind of imitate this on the guitar and this is actually um, done in a lot of traditional music that um, kind of falls between Eastern and Western or or traditions where they had the old microtones but then they picked up Western instruments like guitar or accordion um, so like there's a lot of ways that you can approximate a note that falls between F and F sharp for example. Mm-hmm. Um, without actually being able to play it, um, almost like creating an illusion that it's there. Um, so the you know some of the stuff like those techniques are actually part of some traditions. They're just not necessarily Turkey. It might be more like you know Greece or something like that. Or the Balkans, or the, yeah, yeah. The Balkans, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what that's what's interesting, and I think why your videos are so popular, and that it's easy to go online and find some poor information or misinformation of. You know, how to make your guitar sound like an Arabic guitar or something weird. But, you know, you always kind of go a little bit more into the details. And I don't know. I mean, I think in in some ways, partly why you're able to do that, and this is just my guess, is because you kind of bring that into your own compositions as well. I mean, you're playing guitar, but you're bringing some, like you said yourself, some oud techniques or some other styles in. Yeah. I mean, also like, like teaching, I mean, teaching forces you to really understand something. Uh, so if you didn't understand it before you were teaching it, you I, I mean, you kind of having to explain it to somebody makes it so that you have to think about it in more detail than if you were just doing it yourself. Um, so prob- I mean, I would say that teaching that stuff over and over again made me kind of notice and remember techniques I was using um, that then, you know, I, I use in my playing as well, right? Or the techniques that I'm teaching, I figured out while I was playing. So I mean the the the, the um, two things are definitely are definitely connected, yeah. I mean I'm almost feeling like my prejudices of of enjoying your album and enjoying studying under you are showing because I really don't have any like hard-hitting questions, but I also don't know how you're supposed <laughs> to do hard-hitting questions when you're just uh interviewing a musician. So yeah, maybe yeah, if I yeah, maybe you stole something, which maybe we'll get you on the next episode <laughs> for. But I am thinking and I will yeah. ask you now on the podcast Definitely, you should come back and do a mixtape for us because it would be great to hear some of your influences and huh, what you yeah. like, and perhaps you could talk us through some of that. So then, before yeah, we wrap up, I mean, I think for people who are interested, and we're going to play one more track to play you out, one more track from your album, just give us the information. How do people find out more about what you're up to? How do people take lessons with you? Do you have any teaching materials out? Um, I mean, teaching material. Oh, well, I have, um, so I have an ebook on Amazon. Uh, specifically for guitarists, mm-hmm. um, it has like a lot of ta- it has like a lot of explanation of you know the stuff that we've talked about, kind of guitar techniques for Eastern music. Um, it has a lot of that, uh, and also has a lot of tabs, um, both of you know scales and stuff, but also just I think maybe ten traditional songs like in, mm. in tab arrangement. Uh, so you know if you're interested, you can go out and buy the book. Um, <laughs> there's that. You yeah, could... You're not you're not used to the shameless plugs, but that's how these podcasts end. Well, so. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, Keep them coming. Uh, so there's that. There's, you know, you can watch the videos on YouTube. Uh, my music is on Spotify. You know, it, it's on various streaming services, um, mm-hmm. Spotify, YouTube, etc. So, you, I mean, you can listen there. Um, I have been told by a lot of people, specifically my mom, <laughs> that my music uh, would be really good for movies. Uh, oh, and that nice. kind of stuff. Shout out, shout out to mom for the <laughs> good idea. Mom, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that is true. So, you know, if you know any, if you are a filmmaker, if you know any filmmakers, if you, if you like my music, uh, you can talk to my agent <laughs> for licensing. And then lessons, do you still do lessons online? I do do lessons, yeah. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm mostly doing uh, I'm mostly doing math right now. But if anybody wants to take wood lessons or guitar lessons, I am I am still doing that. Yes. Okay, great. So we'll throw all that in the uh, episode information as well for everybody. And now I think we've decided that "Flight" is the track that we'll we'll end this off with today. Given how we're gonna be doing a classic fade out at the end, I think we'll have to front load any comments. Uh, Murat, tell us about this one. This one's seven minutes, by the way. So hopefully you have, you yeah, have something to say ones. here. <laughs> one of the longer ones, you know, um, older ones also. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is the one, this is kind of one that imitates a, a little bit, that, that imitates uh, Balama sounds a little bit, um, at least to me. I mean, it might not, I don't know if it would sound that way to everybody, but um, yeah, I mean, just sit down and listen to it. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Murat, for being on the show. Uh, always a pleasure. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll have you back for a podcast. Dear Ajam listeners, of course, thank you for listening. Enjoy this track. <laughs>